Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a terrific job, and I encourage you to give them a call. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. Visit the website, naplesillustrated.com. Dot com. We have great guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator and Senate majority leader. The uh, session is over. Look forward to hear from Kathleen about uh, what's happened and what may happen as a result of coronavirus. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Seton, Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. We're talking about the socialist medical price fixing going on in Congress, as well as uh, Peggy, Peggy, uh, Peggy Silvan is a uh, health and wellness coach, and we'll visit with uh, Peggy as well. It is March the 24th, and on this day in 1989, as one of the worst oil spills in U.S. territory began when the supertanker Exxon Valdez, owned but operated by Exxon Corporation, ran aground on a grief in Prince William Sound in southern Alaska. An estimated 11 million gallons of oil eventually spilled into the water. Attempts to contain the massive spill were unsuccessful, and when in currents sp- spread the oil more than 100 miles from its source, eventually polluting more than 700 miles of coastline. Hundreds of thousands of birds and animals were adversely affected by the environmental disaster, and it was, of course, later revealed that Joseph Hazelwood, the captain of the Valdez, was drinking at the time of the accident allowed an uncertified officer to steer the massive vessel. In March 1990, he was convicted of a misdemeanor negligence, fined $50,000, and ordered to perform 1,000 hours of community service. In July 1992, an Alaska court overturned Hazelwood's conviction, citing a federal statute that grants freedom from prosecution for to those who report an oil spill. Exxon itself was condemned by the National Transportation and Safety Board and in early 1991 agreed, under pressure from environmental groups, to pay in a penalty of $100 million and provide $1 billion over a 10-year period for the cost of the cleanup. However, late in the year, both Alaska and Exxon rejected the agreement, and in October 1991, the oil grant settled the matter by paying $25 million, less than 4% of the cleanup promised by Exxon earlier that year. Exxon Valdez, who will ever forget that in the environmental mess that it created? Well, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, told reporters early Tuesday that he expects Republicans and Democrats in the Senate to come together and reach an agreement on a $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus package that set off a fierce debate on the Senate floor and allegations from both sides that the other was politicizing the emergency. Despite the logjam, Schumer and Senate Minority Leader and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said that they were there was progress made in late-night negotiations. Schumer said he expects a vote sometime today. One of the key issues in the package is the $500 billion exchange stabilization fund. Democrats call it a slush fund and claim Mnuchin would have far too much influence over what which industries would have access to the fund. Mnuchin denied the claim and said uh, it's not a slush fund, it's a mechanism that we can use working with the Federal Reserve that will provide another $4 trillion of potential liquidity in the market. That's atop of the Fed's balance sheet. A political reporter citing three sources tweeted that Mnuchin agreed to significant oversight for the fund in, in part of the negotiations. 
President Trump claimed Monday that the Senate Democrats were playing partisan politics and should make a deal. I think we've made a lot of progress, Mnuchin told reporters. Both sides have been working around the clock, he said. Uh, He said, it's kind of like making sausage, this is one more time to watch it. He said there are a few documents that need to be reviewed and turned around, but he is hopeful they'll have it resolved today. Uh, Schumer also struck an optimistic tone. Uh, So uh, around the the time Schumer and Mnuchin were leaving the Capitol, uh, Trump retweeted a National Review article about the last-minute ideological demands from Democrats that were added to the relief package. The report said the demands included the expansion of wind and solar credits and so forth. Listen, Trump tweeted, uh, this will never be approved by me or any other Republican. Uh, Here's some demands. First of all, $35 million to the Kennedy Center. Now, what's that got to do with relief from uh, coronavirus? $300 million in funding for public broadcasting. Uh, Expansive new tax credits for solar and wind energy. New emission standards for airlines and a requirement for full carbon offset by 2025. Same-day voter registration and early voting. Bailouts for the U.S. Postal Service, the Union Pension Fund, and student loans. Retirement plans for community newspaper employees. Publication, I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. This is really the stuff that the Democrats had in the bill. Publication of a corporate pay statistics by race and race statistics for all corporate boards. A $1 billion cash for clunkers style program where the government buys planes from airlines. $1.5 million to study climate change mitigation efforts in civil aviation and aerospace industries. New and burdensome OSHA requirements on hospitals and a $1 billion to build a fund to build a program expanded by President Barack Obama that provides discounted phone service for low-income consumers. Cash for clunkers and phones, free phones. Remember all those programs? Well, the Democrats want to see it come back. Of course, the, uh, Trump said, hey, I'd never, never re- approved that. So hopefully this will all get done. In the meantime, U.S. equity futures are pointing higher today. I'm looking at, uh, it looks like they're up about 900 as I speak. Of course, we know yesterday that was the same case, and they were down, what was it, about 582, I think is what it was yesterday. Anyhow, the uh, uh, Federal Reserve promised more than uh, support for the struggling economy. Uh, the major futures indexes are now up, well, it says over 7, it's over 900 now. The Fed promised to buy back many treasuries and other assets as needed to keep financial markets functioning. The central bank said it will buy a wide range of investments, including corporate bonds, for the first time to improve trading in markets that helps home buyers purchase houses, state and local governments borrow, and businesses to get enough short-term cash to make payroll. So those are all good things. And, of course, our local governor, governor here in the state of Florida, DeSantis, announced Executive Order 2080, which requires those who travel to Florida from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to self-isolate for 14 days upon entering the state. He sent a letter to President Trump also formally requesting that he declare a major disaster as Florida responds to COVID-19. The letter requested the inclusion of the following individual assistance programs in, in the declaration, assistant, uh, disaster unemployment assistance, crisis counseling, community disaster loans, and disaster supplemental nutrition program. That's the, the uh, SNAP program, uh, food stamps. The declaration is submitted as a result of the COVID-19 uh, disaster that we have here. And, of course, governors are lining up across the nation asking for assistance from the federal government. Now, I don't know if you watched President Trump last night. We did, and uh, I think he was just uh, doing an amazing job 
of uh, leadership. He said Monday that he would continue to listen to advice from federal government doctors, but would ultimately make his own decisions about the future of the economy as the fight against the coronavirus continues. Ultimately, he said, I have to make the decision, but I certainly listen to them, Trump said. Um, if he'd followed the advice of Anthony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burks about loosening the national guidelines restricting behavior of American people, he spoke with reporters over an hour and a half during the White House press briefing yesterday evening. He said he had respect for them, but he said, if, I were up, if we're up to the doctors, they may say, let's keep the shutdown. Let's shut the entire world down, and let's just keep the sh- shut down for a couple of years. He said, we just can't do that. So, of course, it's his responsibility uh, to balance uh, our health and safety with the well-being of the economy. He says you have to take care of both, and the doctors see one side of that. So, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's standing up and saying, you know what, ultimately the buck stops here. I'm going to make the decision. The president said that they would be one making a decision about the future. He, he said, we have people get tremendous anxiety and depression, and you have suicides over things like you have with terrible economies. You have a death probably definitely would be in far greater numbers than the numbers we're talking about with regards to the virus. He compared the mortality rates for suicides, car crashes, and the ordinary flu to the coronavirus death rate and said it had to be weighed before making a decision. The whole concept of death is terrible, he said, but there's a tremendous difference between 1% and 4 and 5%. And the president ultimately said the America could keep the economy going and fight the virus and said it would be irresponsible to shut down the country longer than necessary. We're going to come up with a date and we're going to come do two things, he said. We can do two things at one time. At the time, we're going to be very vigilant. Great leadership. Just very proud of the president, what he said. He said tough restrictions on Americans would be weeks, not months, and said updated guidelines eventually may vary for certain age groups and different hotspots in the country. By the way, back in 2009, when the swine flu, H1N1, you may remember, influenza was sweeping across the country, President Barack Obama was golfing. Uh, funny how the media never brings that up. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated that, that during the outbreak, there were 60.8 million cases in the U.S., 274,000 hospitalizations, and 12,469 deaths from H1N1, the swine flu. President uh, Barack Obama playing golf. The, uh, there's a video of one reporter asking the White House press secretary about the optics of Obama golfing while Americans were, Americans were dying. We don't see that anymore. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles, the website, naplesillustrated.com. Com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Work. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. 
What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Gulf Shore Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. No performances now because of the coronavirus, but there's a lot going on uh, in education and other areas. Visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator and Senate Majority Leader, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. And could you um, raise the volume a little bit? It's hard to hear. I'm so sorry. We have that. Well, you know what? I've got to get the IT guy back over here and get this thing fixed. But anyhow, uh, I want to talk to you about coronavirus and the other things that are going on in the state. But before I do, how about how did the uh, the uh, legislative session end up? Well, we finished uh, last, um, <laughs> I can't remember now, Thursday night. Hmm. Uh, we passed the 93 billion dollar budget um but you know our concern is we put 52 million dollars into the uh funding for virus related issues which is probably just a drop in the bucket although we do we did put we have four almost four billion dollars in reserves uh which can be tapped into but i suspect we're probably going to be called back to tallahassee to revise the budget this summer, depending on what happens with the virus. Yeah. So, you know, we had a lot of funding for local initiatives, projects, water projects, and, and the like, which might be in jeopardy, which might have to be 
reduced. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. Uh, yesterday, uh, Governor DeSantis sent a letter to the president uh, formally requesting uh, he declare a major disaster as Florida responds to the uh, COVID-19. He also uh, put on quarantine, self-isolate uh, people coming in from Connecticut, uh, New Jersey, and New York to uh, travelers to Florida. So uh, he's obviously concerned about this, and uh, it's Unfortunate the timing of the end of the legislative sessions because uh, you've got you had to leave at the time where you could address the situation. Well, you know we couldn't just keep it open ended because yeah. without a budget you still have the regular operations of government that have to uh, continue. So you know we we had to do this. We did. Yeah. Um, you know we funded the core uh, programs that we needed to. Uh, we did uh, some things that we that he asked us to do, like giving teachers pay raises and the like. So, um, you know, uh, that's the best we could do, and yep. they'll come back. Yeah. So but that's we won't know until we get further down. Um, you know, he's been issuing one executive order after the other uh, regarding you know uh, self isolation and the like, um, and you know part of the problem is. You know, where do you stop? Where do you, where do you go? Um, every It's like a moving target. Every day it's different. So right. what works today may not work tomorrow, and I think we have to acknowledge that we're in uncharted waters here, and we need to just respond and be proactive as needed. Absolutely, and uh, it's a day-to-day. I am. I don't know about you. I am pleased with the leadership I'm seeing from the president right now. He's saying the buck stops well, he, here. Yeah, I mean, he's got a good team assembled. Um, I, you know, every day the the updates are very helpful. They're helpful to us and hopefully to this uh, average citizens. I am concerned about all the politicizing going on, and and um, you know, don't understand why Washington can't get their act together to to pass the stimulus, whatever it may be, um, because people are getting worried. I get so many uh, emails from people who, not, you know, people who've lost their jobs, businesses that had to lay them off because they're uh, not being able to uh, operate. It's it's across the board, and we can't just pick and choose, and... uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to get this thing. Congress will realize that and do something about it. Absolutely. Uh, the president, uh, I appreciate where he's coming from because he said yesterday he said if we left it up to the doctors, they might close the country down for a couple of years to make sure everybody's safe and nobody gets anything. He says we have to take uh, we have to take care of both both the economy as well as as well as people who are ill. So um, I appreciate well, that sense of balance. You know, the, the, I think we're doing some really good things. Uh, you know, I, I hear that. I have gotten a number of emails from people saying, make everybody stay at home. But th- that's not practical because, you, you know, you, you still need to have uh, health care workers. Mm-hmm. You sure, still need to have people who work in the grocery stores because you can't just, you still have to uh, get uh, provisions. Um there are, are certain uh, jobs that you, you, who's going to collect the garbage? Yeah. And, I mean, that's a, a somebody's got to do that. You can't say everybody stay at home. And um, it, my my thoughts are, if you are concerned, stay at home yourself, and then you will be um, um, isolated. But on the other hand, I was very distressed last week when I came home from Tallahassee to see that the beaches were. I've never seen the beaches in Naples that crowded really because they had closed the beaches on the east coast everybody was coming over here hmm. so <laughs> you can't pick and choose there either 
Yeah, some you know we need to make good decisions, each and every one of us, and self police. That's you know that's what the president's requested. That's what we're doing in our home, and uh, everybody needs to be doing that. But on the other hand, you know, I took a little bike ride yesterday, twelve mile bike ride, so you can get out, get some fresh air without you know in any way uh, right. threatening other people and their their good health. So yeah, well, I, I think that's that's prudent. The, the the concerns are the people, and and you know, of course, it's typically young people who. Do feel they're invincible, right? Uh, congregating in great numbers. Uh, when we closed our beach down, a lot of the spring breakers went to Clearwater Beach, and it was packed. And they, you know, they, they may not have, um, you know, if they get the virus, they're probably going to be fine. But then they go home to Michigan and Minnesota, where their parents and grandparents are with whatever they've got with them. So you know, they've got they're not thinking, and and those are the kind of things people. To just start thinking about others right. as, they, as they live through this. So uh, as you're thinking about this, do you, do you think you'll be called back into another session? Well, um, if it lasts much longer, I, I think something, of course, because yeah. um, basically the economy has stopped. Right. There's certain mechanisms that you have at hand. The federal government decided, the IRS, to delay tax filing until July 15th. I think that's going to be a big help. But you, the state legislature, has some say about everything from school taxes to... Well, here's what people don't understand. Right now, the legislature it does not have the executive power to do anything right now. We're not even in in session. You know, our session under our Constitution is 60 days. Our job is to write the laws and to create the budget. Mm-hmm. Now, within the budget, um, which we've done, the expenses are going to continue to be paid, etc. The governor has declared a state of emergency. So for all intents and purposes, the executive branch is running the show. Ah. All the decisions with regard to things like, you know, closures and the like, are not legislative. They're the executive. And, and you know, I, sometimes I feel powerless because I can't do anything other than connect people to people or, you know, right. ideas that have come in and I've passed on to the governor's office. But that's pretty much it. Um, and even if we do convene an executive, I mean, a, a, a special session, we're not going to tell the governor what to do. Yeah, no. But you, what you've just made clear, I believe, is if we wanted to or give an opportunity to put a grace period in for real estate taxes, for example, that's on the on the governor's desk because he's called a state of emergency. Right. I mean, we we yeah, he has the power to do that. Okay. Um, and you know, local governments also have certain powers you know, that that they are undertaking that's in the best interest of their community. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, in, in Miami-Gate and Broward, they did shut down a lot of things earlier than the rest of the state because they had such a problem there. Of course, the, the, the problem with that is as soon as they shut down, everybody left and came over here yeah. and, uh, the, um, anywhere on the West Coast. So, we've, you know, we've got to start thinking that through as we continue uh, uh, whatever... Right, uh, whatever the governor's plans are, had put a put a blockade on Alligator Alley. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, that's hard to do. I, I, I've been getting, you know, I, I feel helpless, helpless because I've gotten complaints. I got a complaint yesterday from from a person who said that they were on their boat in Naples Bay, and and the waves were so high because there were hundreds of boats in the bay, huh. um, 
uh, on uh, Sunday, and he said, where were they all coming from? And then surmised that they had, a lot of them had come from people who were from other places in the state yeah. who, had no, who had nowhere else to go. And so I sent a complaint to the sheriff's office, and I know... You know, those are the kind of things that the only thing that I can do or just right. relay information. Well, I just genuinely appreciate what you do do. You do a lot, and just are very, very grateful for your leadership in Tallahassee. Again, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator and Senate Majority Leader, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great and safe day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen, a little bit lighter side of the show. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, although there is an interruption during the coronavirus episode. But uh, you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a different time of, uh, of our lives, but, uh, you know, we're all thriving and uh, doing well, I would suppose. Yeah, I, you know, some people are not so upbeat, so what's making you so happy? 
Well, you know, I think that we all are so, we have such high-powered, charged days, which we do to ourselves, at least I do to myself, and now I'm kind of leading my life like a normal person, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of enjoying that. I'm cleaning closets, I'm baking, um, <laughs> my husband loves all of this stay-at-home stuff because now he has unlimited naps. <laughs> and I'm not dragging them out at night. We actually are thriving. <laughs> oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a little bit more than I used to. And uh, I just finished a book called Profiles in uh, Corruption. And it was about, oh. it's uh, by this uh, Steve Schweitzer guy, the guy that wrote uh, Clinton Cash and some of these other books. Anyhow, it, t- it talks about the background of Joe Biden and um uh, uh all the candidates for president in the democrat ticket you know that were that were running boy it's it's not a pretty picture they're all one's just as corrupt as the other oh my heavens yeah. well that that would be kind of a stressful book <laughs> yeah but uh, nevertheless it just uh, demonstrates how some people What's remarkable about this is if you read about, for example, Elizabeth Warren, she speaks about taking care of the poor and the indigent and the middle class and all that type of thing. But what she does is she supports, in everything she did, big business. (laughs) Same same thing with Kamala Harris, the rest of them. They're just uh, all so crooked. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, uh, it's no surprise, but it's kind of, um, it's, kind of too bad, I it would is. say. It is too um, bad. But on a global uh, level, do you know that because of all of this coronavirus, that armed conflicts are down? Well, that's good. Yep, there are more ceasefires. Um, when was the last time you heard anyone talk about Syria? It's been a while. In fact, I read a column suggesting that Afghanistan, the people in Afghanistan are pretty upset because they've killed a lot of the doctors, and they wish they hadn't because they need them right now. Yeah. So interesting. So I know, are you doing your normal stuff? Are you playing golf? What are some of your, what are you doing? Uh yeah, I'm doing. I'm playing golf. In fact, uh, I'm going to play tomorrow. But you know, they do it in a way that you know, you're it's one person in a cart. Mm-hmm. You don't pull the stick out. You don't rake the trap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, so it's social distancing. Um, but it's nice to be outside. You know, the weather has been great. I'm doing that. I'm doing a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, I'm hey, I'm getting my hair cut and colored today. You know what? <laughs> The virus be damned, and the beauty salons remain open. Boy, that's that's the case. But you know what the points out? There's some people that are at risk. I mean, you think about hairstylists, uh, orthopedic surgeons, people are seeing people every day, each ex- exposed to the opportunity to carry around this virus. In fact, I was supposed to uh, ride my bike on Saturday with my orthopedic surgeon. We do this once a month and just uh, solve all the world's problems over breakfast. Well, there was no place to eat breakfast, but he had a mild fever. He said, you know what, Bob, I, I might have this uh, thing. And then he, rep- oh. he and then he reported back that if he does, he, he's not getting he's not getting tested for it. He said the fever's gone now. So he he pointed out that eighty five percent of the people that get the virus may not know it and have mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. Yes, I think it's very contagious, but it has a low lethality yeah. rate. Apparently, that's what they said. Yeah. So. Um, 
Yeah, it started out at 5%, and now it's down under, well, some are suggesting below 1% uh, mortality from the coronavirus because, of, you know, so many people have it that they don't even know they have it. Right, so, right. Uh, how crazy is that? I know. You know, that's part of the problem, I think, is that they say, well, you may have it, but, you, you know, you'll never know it, you'll be fine. So I think maybe some people, possibly me, yeah. Don't take it as seriously because you think, ah, how bad can it be if most of the people recover from this? Um, yeah. I know that's bad thinking. Well, you know, I have to fall in line, and I am sort of. Well, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I took the bait. I'm, I'm uh, following through, and I'm self quarantining and doing those things. I am going to play golf today because of the, what you pointed out. You know, wipe down the, uh, the. Uh, cart make sure it's all clean before i get in and uh, have a i'll be the only person in the cart and i'll keep six feet away from other people so uh, hopefully very little risk involved in in that activity but did you hear about uh, uh, joe biden he was gonna he was he, he was gonna do a, a a teleconference or a live stream from a studio uh, to talk about what's going on. He wants to have equal time with the president. Well, the president talked for an hour and a half yesterday. He was up for 15 minutes. He lost his place. The teleprompter apparently broke down. No. <laughs> he, 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 start, he called the president uh, uh, or the, the governor of uh, Massachusetts by the wrong name. I mean, it was just one gaffe after another. They finally just shut it down. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. So, uh, poor Joe Biden can't buy a break. I just don't know how, I don't know how they can allow the guy to continue to run for president. I don't either. I mean, there's some of the things that he does, you know, are indicative of some uh, real serious lapses. And I just don't think he's operating on all eight cylinders. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, this Juanita Broderick, remember her? She was the one who you know, claimed that she was raped by President uh Clinton, well, uh, she put, she uh, tweeted out, uh, senile Joe Biden presser, begin by touching his face, after telling people that they shouldn't touch their face, calls Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, uh, he calls him Charlie Parker. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said her recommendation is, hey, you should have stayed out of the limelights. Just stay hidden. He'd be, he'd lay low. Lay. Isolate yourself. Exactly. Boo, Mortensen, it's all... Well, on a good note, yeah. before we uh, hang up here, today is National Cheesecake Day. Oh, no kidding. i got to build that right into my column and go out and get a cheesecake. <laughs> are so you gonna there ha- you go. Are you going to have some cheesecake? Uh, probably... No, because I, I don't have the ingredients, and everything is closed down unless I ordered it. That's right. I could do that. Yeah, I'm not going to have any cheesecake. Boo, I always appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Stay safe. You as well. Thanks, Boo. All right, coming up. Uh, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road. And it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. It's on delay right now, but it's going to be starting up again in the fall, and you can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Peggy Silfon. She's a health and wellness coach. We'll be talking about taking care of yourself and keeping things in perspective. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. As I mentioned before the break, he's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, I hate to start with a technical glitch, but I can barely remotely hear you. Okay, I don't know why that's happening, but I'm going to try and fix, turn some knobs here and see if that helps. Is that... Is That's that, better. Uh, is it okay? Good. So, uh, Seton, you wrote about price fixing, medical price fixing, and uh, the Congress is again trying to hide socialist medical price fixing in China virus bill. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I jumped on this because uh, Lamar Alexander, allegedly Republican senator from uh, Tennessee, who's on his way out the door, he's, mm. he's not running again. He leaves in November, you know, his, his year is this year. This is it. Um, he was trying on Sunday. He tried it on the on the second coronavirus bill, and thankfully it didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen for not the I mean, not for the reasons we'd like, which is the Republicans were repulsed by the idea and rejected it. It was just in the wrangling back and forth on the second bill, it went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was trying it again on Sunday on the third bill, and this is before Pelosi parachuted in with her litany of ridiculousness. So basically, Lamar Alexander was acting like Nancy Pelosi before Nancy Pelosi was acting like Nancy Pelosi and trying to jam this non-coronavirus, China virus-related item yeah. into the bill. Now, surprise medical billing. What, what that is is if, if you get sick, 
you know, say you get in a car accident, and you know, uh, you get picked up by an ambulance, you get handled by um, people in the ambulance, and you get taken to a hospital, and you have multiple specialists, and you know, and then, and then at the end of the day, you know, you've seen eleven different pods of healthcare providers. The ambulance is one. The ambulance personnel may be a different one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different specialists, and seven of the eleven are in your network, your insurance network, and four aren't. And the four you get are, you know, your responsibility to pay for now. Right. And, of course, you're in no condition to make any kind of decision in that regard because you were, you know, incapacitated by the accident that caused this whole mess. Right. So we're trying to fix that problem because now, of course, we're piddling at the edges. The reason this is so chopped up is because government's already so involved in health care. But setting that aside for the moment. Um, what a solution is kind of like what Major League Baseball does with players. They have an arbitration system. And certain players, after so many years in in service, can can say, I think I'm worth X. And the team says, no, we think you're worth Y. Mm -hmm. And then an uh, intermediary, an arbiter, comes in, has to hear, they have a hearing, and they say, you know what, I agree with the player, give him X. Or I believe with the te- I agree with the team, give him Y. Mm-hmm. That's an arbitration system. Believe it or not, of all states, New York does something like that with health care. And, of course, the two, the two sides in health care are the insurance company and the doctors, the mm-hmm. providers. Right. And what, unfortunately, Lamar Alexander's bill doesn't do that. It doesn't even come close to doing that. What... Uh, between 2013 and 2018, the biggest single donor to Lamar Alexander was Blue Cross Blue Shield, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a giant health care company, health insurance company. So as if it's a going away present to uh, the insurance companies, his, his attempt at surprise medical billing uh, is to basically set the baseline as the median price in the insurance company's price quota. So he's pre-rigging it so that the insurance company always gets what they want, yep. minimum. <laughs> so you said it's and a going. get more. You said it's a going away present. Go I, I think it may not be going. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. It may not be a going away present. What it may be is a, a welcome present because he's going to start. Well, that's I said I said that in the piece too. Yeah. You know, he he may very well be headed to K Street. Yeah. And gee, guess who his first client will be? Exactly. That's how the three guesses first two don't count. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So, it, so I mean, this is a terrible one. It's a terrible bill all by itself, which is why, by the way, it's been around since last year and no, and it's, it's moved nowhere because it's. Terrible bill, it's right. a terrible policy. Um, it's even worse to try to jam it into a coronavirus bill. Right. I mean, we're seeing all this outrage, um, uh, rightly so, against what the Democrats are trying to do. This is the same thing. This is another terrible policy trying to be, you know, never let a crisis go to waste, Bob. But, you know, they're trying to jam this in. Lamar Alexander on the way out the door to set up his. Uh, 
his K Street lobby shop when he gets it, when he gets done in 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 the, in the Capitol. That's exactly right. I mean, I just finished reading Profiles in Corruption, and the new book by Schweitzer that uh, about uh, the candidates for president on, on the Democrat ticket. And you read through each one: Kamala Harris, uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Joe Biden. Each one of them. You read how what they operate and what they what they do. It all has to do with self interest and taking care of members of their family and the. Crowd. By the way, you know you know who does direct mail. Uh, uh, who does uh, media buys as a profession? Yeah, Biden. Mr. I mean, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Uh, the $18 million uh, buy, that gets 15% of that. It goes right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's just so corrupt. And, and, and just as a side note, Chuck Todd, Chuck Slob from Meet the Press on NBC, yeah. four years ago, I don't know what the situation is this election cycle, but in 2016, his wife did $3 million worth of consulting work for Bernie Sanders. Chuck Slob never disclosed it on the air. Yeah, unbelievable. So, uh, always question authority. Always question. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just unbelievable. So, what is uh, your... Real, real quick, my... my of all the awful things government school has done to us, mm-hmm. to me, I think the single greatest thing is we've convinced generations of people to outsource their thinking yeah. to alleged government experts. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the single, you know, like you said, always question authority. We've been training generations of people to do the exact opposite, to just submit to them. That's exactly right, which is a real critical issue right now. Critical thinking is uh, said goodbye, and basically uh, a lot of the school, and in fact, uh, it's uh, the the uh, propaganda that's being taught in schools right now is just unbelievable. So it's not only forgetting or not teaching how to think, how to do critical thinking, it's filling their minds with stuff that just well, isn't true. That, you know, that, but see, that's, I find that less damaging because, I mean, it's damaging, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the, like four years ago, I remember when they were asking Bernie Sanders supporters, what do you like better, socialism or capitalism? They said socialism. And then they asked them why. And no one could give any kind of rational answer at all, that's because, of course, you can't, you know, intellectually prefer socialism over capitalism. The government schools couldn't jam that in their heads. All they could jam in their heads was the talking point. Socialism good, capitalism bad. Yeah. The, the real problem is social, they're, they're pri- they've primed the pump with socialism good, capitalism bad, and then they've trained these people to be veg heads who outsource their thinking to government officials. Right. Uh, last point before I let you go, Seton. Uh, what do you think of how the president's handling the situation right now? Well, I think the polls reflect... By the way, it's harder to hear you again. I'm, I'm so sorry. Phone up against my head. Okay. Um, the, the the polls reflect that that you know he's up at fifty eight percent on handling the, uh, the, uh, the 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 situation, the China virus situation, which I think outside of the economy is the highest number he's ever gotten on an issue. Right. Uh, you know, on an issue by issue polling. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing very well. Um, I think he's right. Uh, we can't keep this up. We can't keep up this, you know, this quarantining. Right. We're killing the economy. I don't know if you and I discussed this. For every 1% in unemployment increase, 40,000 people die. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, he pointed that out last night in the press review. He said uh, a bad economy is just as lethal, more lethal perhaps, than the it's coronavirus. Way, it's way 
more lethal. One percent is forty thousand. We're shutting down the entire economy. There are economists now. Multiple economists are saying we could reach thirty percent unemployment up from three. Yeah, that's twenty-seven percent increase in unemployment, which means a million eighty thousand deaths. Well, let's hope this quinine solution works, and we'll, we'll you know get through this thing pretty quickly. That would be that would be a miracle of miracles. Wouldn't you know, it? A cold medication combined with a, a malaria medication. Yes, please. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, always appreciate your animated and animated and very interesting commentary. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, uh, Peggy Silfine. She's a well co- uh, health and wellness coach. We're going to uh, talk a little about how ke- keeping ourselves healthy and well during this coronavirus. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Even during the coronavirus, you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Peggy Silfon. Peggy is a health and wellness coach right here on the Paradise Coast. Peggy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Bob, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I hope you are as well. I definitely am. I'm um, I'm just redirecting my energies into very different things, so um, I'm really finding that this quarantine is opening up actually 
new and different opportunities. Well, I see this is perspective I want you to share with us because uh, I'd like you just to point out to our listeners, I mean, you own a business, you had a number of things that have been scheduled that have been canceled. Uh, just like any business owner, especially here on the Paradise Coast, we have so many who are in the service business, restaurants and so forth that are out of work. It's a very stressful time. So how do you channel yourself? How do you put yourself in a place where you can be happy and, and uh, be productive? Absolutely. Well, as you know, the Be Well in Paradise, we were doing a big networking event that's coming up, and we've had to cancel that, mm -hmm. and that was going to be a lot of revenue possibilities. So, yes, it can create a lot of nerve-wracking um, issues that undermine our well-being, and so we have to redirect our attention and really focus on our well-being. And actually, it's an opportunity, I think, to be able to do that, because fear is something that is... I think almost more contagious than the virus that we're mm -hmm. dealing with. And fear shuts down our ability to think clearly and make good decisions. So I think a lot of people are just sort of running scared, and understandably. I mean, there's an emotional upheaval to not having income and, you know, just dealing with what this is all about because it's so unprecedented and we're really in uncharted territory. So it's really about reassessing what's important, and taking time to really calm your nerves and boost your immune system. Those right. are the key things, and that's what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, realize, just take a step back and realize, okay, I'm healthy. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> just take an assessment of all, all the blessings and things that, you're, that you should be grateful for. And yes, this is an inconvenience at, at, at a minimum, an uh, inconvenience for all of us. But there are ways to deal with it. I mean, uh, for, for those that don't have anything to eat, there's food banks. There's all kinds of things that you can do in order to support yourself. Absolutely. And so because I no longer can really meet one-on-one -on -one with clients or teach a lot of my workshops and programs... I'm going online. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually an ambassador for World Wellness Weekend, and I have connections to ambassadors all over the world. So I created an online yoga nidra which, uh, for coping in a crisis, which is now being distributed in Greece and France and all over the U.S., wow. and it helps uh, really reduce frazzled nerves, and it also helps boost the immune system. And this afternoon at uh, 3.30, I'm actually doing an online class through Love Yoga Center on yoga nidra and meditation. Again, just kind of doing my part to help reach people and help them be in a better place and be healthier. And for myself, I mean, I am going out every morning and taking a three-mile walk and listening to the birds chirping and looking at our beautiful environment here on the Paradise Coast. And, and I, I just, I'm so, I feel so grateful yeah. to be here. So I think it's important to just uh, keep up the self-care activities. Um, in fact, Beautiful Health is on their Facebook page offering all sorts of do-it-yourself kinds of at-home spa treatments, facials, body scrubs, things like that. So there's a lot of opportunities to just do things differently and to look at different opportunities that are available. Yeah, I think society, I mean, there's a lot of good things that will come out of this ultimately, like uh, people spending more time uh, learning at home as opposed to going to classes, uh, uh, just as you're pointing out. And by the way, well, before I move on with that thought, I w just want to check with our listeners. Like, can they participate in some of the things that you're directing right now? Are you there, Peggy? I am really having trouble hearing you. I'm so sorry. Let me turn some knobs here and see if this is that better. 
A little bit. A little bit better? Okay. So uh, the question I have is, uh, can people participate in what you're uh, teaching, your, these online t uh, courses that you're doing absolutely, today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in fact, I can email you the link to the free Yoga Nidra that's being distributed all over the world that I created for World Wellness Weekend. But if someone wants to join the live classes, uh, they can go to loveyogacenter.com and just register for a class. It's through Zoom, so you do have to sign up, and you can live stream it. I think it's really pretty terrific that we have the online opportunities that we have because it's keeping us connected even if we're socially isolating and distancing and, um, you know, we don't have the opportunity to go out and play golf like I'm jealous that you are today. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you talking about that earlier. Well, thank you. Yes, I mean, uh, so, uh, yeah, yesterday uh, my wife said, why don't you go out for a bike ride? I went, so I went for a 10, 12-mile bike ride. What a beautiful day, and I'm so grateful and glad that I did it. Uh, the gym is closed, but uh, we've got some little weights, 12-pound weights around here, so I'm doing some exercises and doing some Pilates, and, you know, just uh, with the extra time, trying to use it and use it well. And actually, I find that I'm, I'm really kind of focused on getting uh, more fit. So I normally play tennis every day, and I'm not playing tennis now. So I'm doing these really long walks, and I do interval training. So I run for a minute, and then I, you know, walk and slow my heart rate down for a minute. And it's, I just feel like I'm actually getting stronger and more fit. So I'm, I'm using this quarantation to hopefully come out on the other side better and healthier. And in the meantime, I'm trying to be as productive as I can, and I feel kind of empowered by being able to do all the different things that I'm really still able to do. And I do want to mention, too, mm. that I, I am a beach person. I just I love being in nature and walking along the beach. And with our beaches closed, I found a fabulous link of the Naples Pier. It's at naplespanorama.org. And it's a live stream of the beach. So I have it live streaming on my computer. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And um, so when I am in my office or trying to get some work done, I'm, I'm at the beach. Peggy Silfon, again, uh, Peggy Silfon, S-E-A-L-F-O-N, is the website. Check out the, the website. Again, Peggy, I think it's just been a great resource during a time of keeping us calm, during a time of panic. A lot of people, I mean, you read about people who see their portfolios go down and thinking about killing themselves, or actually do, sadly. So, uh, the, you know, these are stressful times, but people, I guess the major message here is take a step back and understand your, you know, what are some of the things that you can be grateful for, and how, well, how can you use this time to to be productive for improving your health and well-being. I think those are that's a great point of view. And the other thing is to reach out. Reach out to friends, make a phone call, FaceTime, mm -hmm. uh, Skype, Zoom. There's lots of ways to stay connected and I really encourage that because we need that connectedness and that that really lifts our spirits and helps us be better. PeggySilfon.com, again, is the website. Peggy, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have fun on the golf course today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peggy. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I really appreciate your listening in, and I don't know if you're listening one of the podcasts, one of the podcasts, the show is now aired <clears throat> on uh, TuneIn, iTunes, as well as uh, Stitcher. 
uh, to a website uh, or other podcast post uh, areas. I uh, also have a newsletter that you can get about the show, so you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com, if you would like to be included uh, in the distribution. I hope you join us uh, tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy. Bob is the uh, chairman of the Cato Institute and a constitutional scholar. We'll continue our conversation about how, uh, or raise the question out about whether the uh, Constitution has been subverted by the uh, Supreme Court of the United States since this, the uh, the New Deal, and of course there's a lot of evidence that it has been. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College and author of Josepha Savaz, and we'll also uh, visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, and he's the author of his latest book, Cyber Warfare, Targeting America, Our Infrastructure, and Our Future. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>